The Humanize Me podcast is now on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Humanize Me Pod on Twitter and Humanize Me Podcast on Instagram. I should do something about that. What can I do about that? What can I do about that? And I'm like, you know what? Stop. Pray, if you will. Ask that question. What can I do about that? Because the answer is either I can do something or in many cases the answer will be I can't do anything of significance. And I go like, okay, then take a deep breath. You've answered the question. Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show or welcome to the show for the first time if you're here for the first time. And I hope some of you are here for the first time because that would mean that some of you who are not here for the first time have been telling the other friends of theirs to be here for the first time. And that would help our audience grow. And that would be good all the way around. Doggone it. If you're here for the first time, raise your hand and we'll have an usher come down and bring you a welcome packet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm channeling another life of mine. Right. All yeah. right. That's, that's in the past. And there you are, John. I hear, I hear your voice, which means that, that you are here with me. I am. I am here with you in spirit and, and that- in person. And in truth. <laughs> yes. You were never that kind of preacher, were you? The one that would like- I never uh, was. Work on the, on the offering plate too much? No. I obviously, I, I didn't work the plate very hard, I, you know, which, you know, is a complaint of some people right now. It's like, you don't work the Patreon very hard either. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, it, it feels like the right people are, are, are joining, the people that are sort of with us. And so- Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I feel good about everything. Me too. But listen, I feel good that you're here because that means this is a Q&A episode. It is. And, and do you have the cue? I do. I, this time I uh, went to our Facebook group, which is on Facebook under Humanize Me. A participant in the group called Lexi wrote uh, what, a comment, and it wasn't in the form of a question, Bart, but I felt like it was a good topic as a question. And so I want to sort of pose it to you from the Facebook group, pulled directly from there because it started a little bit of a conversation. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. What, what, what do you got? Lexi writes, today I find myself missing prayer. I just finished watching last week tonight and it was about family separation. They played a clip of a child recently reunited with his mother and he was crying and saying she didn't love him. It was absolutely heart-wrenching. My helplessness weighs heavy on me tonight. I can give money and protest and vote, but my, it feels small. I used to spend moments like these in prayer, and I would leave feeling as though I had somehow actually done something. It was a way for me to feel like I could shut the door on that grief and move through life like normal. But as I'm typing this, I think that that was maybe my problem. I shouldn't move on from this grief. I should feel it fully and find more actionable steps to prompt change. I, I, I mean, I guess on some of the questions, like how do you replace that 
glorious feeling that Lexi used to have after she had prayed that like, did it done. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can, I can shut the door. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. I thought that was an interesting sentence where she said, I, I felt like I could shut the door on that grief. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know that prayer ever did that quite for me, but I know it does for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because my ability to believe in a supernatural God who actually did anything went away a long time before I actually stepped out of Christianity. Like I just kept dialing down what I thought God could accomplish, you know? Um, but one of the interesting things is, is that people always used to say, you know, prayer changes things. And I always misunderstood that to mean, you know, God changes things. And, and, and it feels demonstrably true that God didn't change anything. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember the Pew, the Pew Foundation sponsored the study to try to find out if intercessory prayer actually made any difference. Did I tell you about this study? No. Oh, yeah. So, so they, they, they did it two different ways. But like, it turns out that when people prayed for people in their own world, uh, the praying actually did cause better outcomes. But when people prayed for strangers in like another state that they had never met, there was no demonstrable better <laughs> outcome. And, you know, which the conclusion was that prayer doesn't actually, you know, like activate some supernatural force or like, you know, win the heart of of almighty God who then bestows blessings on people far away but rather that prayer changes the person who's doing the praying. Right. And sometimes orients them in such a way that they treat the thing they're praying for differently. And that actually changes the situation of the thing they're praying for, the person they're praying for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think that the, 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 the idea that if, if, if God really did do anything, if there really was a God and he really fixed up, I mean, that would be incredibly comforting you know, to go like, oh, there's this situation. I don't know what to do about it, but like, I'm going to call my big brother and he'll take care of it. Mm. Like that would be so awesome if we had somebody that we could say to a friend in crisis, listen, I can't do anything for you, but I know this guy. That would, that's a really comforting thought. Sure is. And it's really painful when that thought goes away because you're kind of left with human helplessness, which is what it sounds like Lexi is, is dealing with. Yeah, she says that it weighs heavy on her to see things happen in the world like she was watching on TV and not be able to not not feel like she had this outlet where if she just told the right person, you know, her essentially maybe like her imaginary friend, if she didn't, you know, leave it at his door, then she wasn't doing anything and she couldn't do anything and she had to live with that grief. Yeah, what's ironic is she says like, you know, I protest, I vote, I give money, you know, which which is all the stuff that we would sort of say like, don't don't just pray for somebody, like protest, don't just pray for somebody, vote, just just pray for somebody, give. Um, right, there's this sort of very public critique now of thoughts and prayers. Right, that that's that's like empty and 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 ineffectual. Mm-hmm. Um, that the that the thing to do is act, act. And Lexi goes like, even after I act. In the face of some of the crises that we face right now, those actions feel pretty puny, don't they? Right, because you have a limited amount of time, money, and voting power. And there's an unlimited amount of social change that needs to happen, an unlimited amount of suffering in the world that needs to be alleviated. Yeah. 
that's the crux of her of her dilemma or the crux of like her feeling of helpless helplessness you know in my experience when i'm watching the john stewart show and i just see a problem out there in the world that i feel helpless in the face of that isn't what that isn't the time when i most miss praying um it's when i'm talking to somebody and they say I've got cancer or my mother has cancer. And that's when I feel helpless because they're mm. right there in front of me. And, and, and I want to have, I want to be able to say something that expresses my solidarity and my participation in their pain. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the more I practice it, the more I'm starting to think like, I, you know, I'll end up saying something like, to the effect of like, I really hope that works out or I, you know, I want you to know, I really care about you and, and I will be thinking about this and I really, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for your mom. I'm rooting for you. Um, that I feel like in some ways the saying I'll pray for you was a, a, a placeholder for me saying, I care about you. And I think I have to become more comfortable saying to somebody, I care about you explicitly mm. um, and saying, this is what I hope happens. And, and I think sometimes saying like, and you know what? I will be thinking about this a lot over the next few days and I'm going to meditate on this. Um, and you sort of go like, well, that's a weird thing to say. I will meditate on this or I will think about this. But yeah, like, does it, is that any better? But again, like, I think that the reality is, is that if I meditate on it, I, I, I will, if I think about you while you're not there, I'm much more likely to then call you on the day of your surgery or send you a text saying, hey, you know, I'm rooting for you or to come by with a casserole the next day. Like if I meditate on what you just told me, I'm probably going to respond to it a lot better than if I just say like, hope that works out and walk on. Yeah. Like, there's something about saying like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this I'm gonna hold this in my heart I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this on my mind or but, the next time you see them I've been thinking a lot about this oh yeah or yeah. even when or like making sure that you put yourself in front of them and going like the next day just going like I've been thinking about a lot about you and your mom and I just want you to know I'm so on your side and I'm available to you if you want to talk or you know. I think that there's a sense in which a lot of times that, I mean, that's where the power of that old prayer really was anyway. People people were helped by our prayers to the degree that they knew we were praying for them because that was a stand-in for somebody out there cares about me. Hmm. Um, And so I think we have to get better at expressing that we care about people. Um, But the other thing is when we were saying, I'll pray for you, like I'll appeal to the big guy, you know, that might be able to do something for you. I think sometimes we don't, we probably should say, I will pray for you. Like, like, like a person's, you know, got a terrible medical bill. And I think, and I I think I ought to say, and and, and they can't afford it. I, I think like I should pray for them. Like I should write to the university of Cincinnati hospital and say, Hey, just want to let you know, Billy Johnson can't afford 
their medical bills right now. And I'm asking you to show him some grace and kindness. Like, like there are people that we ought to pray to that we, I mean, praying means to ask. And the question is how often do we really ask mighty powers that be? And you say, well, come on, that doesn't make any difference. Well, in my experience, it does sometimes, not always, but like, right. Sometimes it does. Sometimes somebody gets a letter like that and they go like, Hey, let me call that HR. Hey, this is a guy, Billy Johnson. Can we do anything for that guy? And you go like, why, why, why do you ask? Well, I got this letter and you know, like it would be good public relations if we did that. That's an interesting example because typically people think about uh, political power, you know, and, uh, and I suppose a protest is a form of appealing to that power. Yeah. Um, but, and which is one of the things, of course, that Lexi listed that she said doesn't sort of feel like she's doing anything. But um, what you gave as an example just now was a fairly active thing, like a, a fairly sort of unusual thing too. Like I, I can't imagine that university uh, leader is going to get any, is, is going to get many of those requests. I, I had a friend who got in debt with Rent-A-Center. Like they were just they're a poor person. They had rented a bunch of stuff They and, and they, they got on hard times. They couldn't afford it. And by the time they returned the stuff, they owed Rent-A-Center like 900 bucks and it was on their credit report. It was killing them. Mm. I just went into the local Rent-A-Center that they had done this for. And I said like, look, these are my friends. They, they got in trouble. Like I'm, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be helpful to them. This, this bill is just hanging over them. And the guy looked and he said, look, I can't write it all off. But he said, I can cut it in half. I have the power wow. to do that. Wow. And he did. And you say, well, why did he do it? He said, because well, I asked. And like, I was a respectable person praying, praying on their behalf. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't pray to God. God, God didn't have the power to cut that bill in half. Pray to the, go, go to the person, you know, so, and sometimes like, like, or, or, or somebody's like, they're, 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 gonna, they're having a tr- hard time with their, their parent or, or somebody else in your circle of friends. And, and, and you just write to that person, you go like, hey, I know you guys are, I know you guys are in the middle of it. And I'm not trying to get involved, but I do just want to let you know, like, your daughter has been really good to me over the years. I'm like, I really, you know, she's just a valued member of my life. I just want to let, I just want to say something good on her behalf to you. Like, you go like, what can that hurt? Right. You know, so sometimes I think like we really should be asking for mercy or asking, but like we should ask the right people. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. Now, she's saying she feels, and I suppose some of those problems that that you're mentioning right now are sort of smaller than some of these huge sort of social change kind of problems that, that we have. Uh, so the, which, you know, bigger problems obviously are going to require bigger solutions or, you know, the, the, the actionable steps that she talks about have to be way, way, way bigger. And maybe that's, you know, she was watching TV when this happened. Um, maybe that's more what she's thinking about. Yeah, I think that's true. Like I, I'm imagining myself like in a room where a tidal wave is coming and it's too late to evacuate us and we, we know the wave is coming. And we've got, you know, an hour left and I'm sitting there with my kids. Now, like we could go, we could get down on our knees and go like, oh God, save us from the tidal wave or like, please rescue us. Like we could do all that. Or we could frantically like try to figure out like maybe we can run really fast. Or Sometimes there comes a moment where the smartest thing to do 
is to stop trying to escape and go like that wave's going to hit us in an hour. Let's look well, yeah, at but each you're other. not saying that there's nothing we can do right now. You're just saying that um, to the extent that we can act, we should act. To the extent that we can't, we should we should accept some of the things that we can't change too. Yeah, and I, mean, I think when I was a Christian, you know, they used to teach us that you know every hair on our head was numbered, and that and that if a sparrow fell, that God you know took note of it. And you know, you, first of all, you think like, oh my gosh, can you imagine how much God must have on His mind? Like, like when you really think about it, like if you just wrote down the list of things God has to keep track of, the number of atoms that are in, you know, a, a deteriorating piece of radioactive material in at Los Alamos, like just the sheer number of stuff that has to be going on. I mean, it's a silly right. idea. And of course, in the middle of all of that, he cares whether the Patriots win, you know? Right. But I think that sometimes, you know, and people would say like, but if there's, if there's no God, like then I'm insignificant. And I think sometimes... It's okay to be insignificant. Sometimes it's almost a relief to be insignificant. That nobody is like watching your every movement. That nobody is like counting your, measuring your every thought and, and, and weighing you out in, in the balance all the time. And I think that sometimes when you're Lexi and you see the immigrant crisis and you feel helpless to do much about it, it's because like you can vote. And you can give money and you can't, but like, you know, maybe she, Lexi has some kids. Maybe she's not in a position to jump in a Jeep and go down there and, you know, bring water to the immigrants that are being separated from their kids. Like there may be nothing she really can do. And some part of wisdom is accepting that and, mm. and, and, and embracing the fact that because like we're not able, because we're not able to fix all those things or impact them even, then we are not responsible for all those things either. And we need right. to attend to the things that we are responsible for. Yeah, so when she says, my helplessness weighs heavy on me tonight, maybe maybe at least part of it, as, as long as you're doing these other things that you, can, that you actually can do within the context of your life, is accept, ac accept that you are helpless in some ways. Yeah, like what's ironic is I go like, oh, once I realize I'm helpless, that's when it stops. It weighs heavily on me as responsibility mm. is when I feel like I actually can do something. Now, of course, when you're helpless about something that's close to home, when you're helpless to help your dying child, when you're helpless to feed your, your, your spouse who's hungry, like that's, that's, that's a, more, a more terrible kind of painless, painfulness. But like if you try to maintain the same level of responsibility for every human being on the planet, as you do to the people close to you, you like you will surely perish of just, you know, misery. Now, this is a good point, Bart, because I, I like I do know people that watch sort of like they're consumed by the news cycle all the time to the point where it's almost debilitating, like they're consumed by it. It's oh. everything they think about, and they've actually become less useful human beings as a result of it. It's a huge problem. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I, I was talking with a kid. You know, the you know the election is this week, and you know, depending on when somebody's loading this podcast, it either happened or it's happening. But, um, but I was talking to a college kid here at UC, and I I mentioned the name of one of the candidates, a guy named uh, Puravel Aftab who's running against Steve Shabbat here in uh, Cincinnati. And Steve mm -hmm. Shabbat is like 
the nicest, worst legislator I've ever seen. And I like, so Aftab's the guy that we're, we're hoping for. I, he probably won't win, but, um, but uh, th- th- this kid actually it was, it was, a, now that I think about it, it was, a, it was a, it was a high school kid who looked at me and said, Aftab Pureville cannot be trusted. And I was like, what? And he said, Aftab Pureville cannot be trusted. And he smiled. He said like, don't you watch TV? Because they're, they're running all these negative ads. And I realized like, I'm li- because I don't watch television, I'm living in a different universe. But this kid and all of his friends, they're just being inundated. They don't know what Aftab Pureval stands for. They don't know much about the election. They don't know who he's running against. But they, they're just getting all this stuff. They're just getting hammered with it. And I think like, yeah, if you're watching a 24-hour news cycle, if you're watching political advertising, mm. it's just got to feel like you're responsible for everything. Yes. Yeah. And, and so that there's a sort of a media diet thing going on, you know, uh, and it does influence how you feel about these things. I, I'm the editor of this uh, sort of local news site. Today, I just put up a piece about how the vote matters, because in Arizona, there's actually we've actually become kind of a swing state over here, whereas it was solidly red for years. And so now it's almost like you know, votes matter more than ever where, you know, in the past you could have felt like, okay, it doesn't matter so much because we know what the state's going to do. Now you sort of feel like, oh, there's some play here. So even just, so there is sort of a greater agency in voting than there would be at another time, maybe for Republicans and Democrats, you know, if a Republican wants to keep it from being Democrat, you know, so not all voting in all places are necessarily the same kind of act either. No. And no, to the same extent. You know, one of the things that Lexi says is, you know, is in a sense she's saying, how can I replace the role of prayer in my life? I miss prayer. I wish we had some alternative prayer. And I, I think we do a lot of quick thinking about things. Like we, we, we feel the pain. We watch something, we get mad, or we see something on social media and it pisses us off or it makes us feel helpless. But I think that one of the things that pr- that made her feel like she could shut the door on that grief and then get back to normal was that she had actually spent a significant amount of time, even if it was five or 10 minutes, in focused thought. And I tend to think that if somebody committed to the kind of values that we're committed to, spent 10 or 15 minutes really thinking about the troubles of the world and the troubles of the people around them. Mm-hmm. I think some of that thought would bring them around to this idea of, you know, some of that stuff I can do something about. And some of that stuff is utterly outside of my control. And they would come to that thing where they would go like, there is nothing I can do about that. Like I, it's beyond, beyond my, my reach. And I think that that would be like a complete thought. Like, I think that Lexi, it sounds like she's getting halfway into the thought. She's going like, I should do something about that. What can I do about that? What can I do about that? And I'm like, you know what? Stop. Pray, if you will. Ask that question. What can I do about that? Because the answer is either I can do something or in many cases, the answer will be, I can't do anything of significance. And I go like, okay, then take a deep breath. You've Mm -hmm. answered the question. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, this is bullshit. I'm not helping anything here. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. I think I I, I was with you. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, you know, this idea that 
but I also ne- like Bart I, that you're 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 kind of thinking out loud on this. Like there's yeah. a certain yeah, it's there's a certain tension to this question. Like yeah, there's I'm, a little bit of everything in it. You yeah, know? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to say a doggone thing that gets people to go like, oh, I can't have any impact in the world, so I should lay down and curl up in a ball. Or, right. or yeah, just, that's not the message I'm getting. From nah. No, but on the other hand. You're you not know, responsible for everything. Right. It's, it's, what's that Jewish proverb? Like, it, it's not, it's not, you're not allowed to. I'm sure I can find it. The whole job isn't up to you, but. Oh, it, here, here we go. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. Yes. Is yes, that it? that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Good, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 that's the tension. And I think like. Yes. And I think that one of the things that praying does for believers is that it places them in that, in that tension where they go like, look, on the one hand, I'm asking God, I, you know, I can't do it. But on the other hand, I'm also making myself available to God. Like I'm doing something like, like as the idea that like we act, you know, the, the idea of prayer was somehow that like, you know, it was such a bizarre notion, like. God wasn't going to heal that person. But since you asked, okay. Like, <laughs> like I was going to, gosh, I was going to let him rot and die. But like, okay, since you asked. Um, you know, um, but there was some sense in which that was trying to locate the person and saying like, hey, there's something you can do. And there's a bunch of stuff you can't do. And you need to do what you can do. And you not not worry so much about what you can't do. Yeah, and I think that the, the weird thing is, is that what the what the what what the prayer what the prayer would would believe is, hey, I'll do what I can do, and God will take care of the rest. And I think that what what the naturalist says is, I should do what I can do, and I don't know whatever else happens is going to happen. Like yeah. there may be nothing there. There may be nothing anybody can do. Mm-hmm. And that to me, like ultimately the weird thing about being a Christian was when I would go like, I'll do what I can do and God will take care of the rest. And then God wouldn't take care of the rest. Like, right. like, like, you know, like, you know, God didn't stop the violence. God, you know, all these people, thoughts and prayers, like mass shootings are not stopping. Like starvation is not like, and to the degree that it is going away, it is, it is going away because human beings are doing the little part that they can do. There, there does not seem to be any divine intervention anywhere. And so, but that, but, but still that message of like, do what you can and don't worry about what you can't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can get to that Zen spot unless you stop and take some time to really make yourself available to really meditate on the problem that is bothering you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think prayer, the secular version of prayer is a meaningful activity. Yeah. And I, I also agree with Lexi's impulse where she wrote, I shouldn't move on. I should feel it. Uh, which, which is very related to what you're saying, which is like, think about it, you know, feel yeah, your way think through it, it through, think yeah. it through to the end. Because then you might be able to put it away. Yeah. Like, like, like sometimes, you know, you go like, there are people being tortured in North Korea. And I go like, yep, that's true. Think it through. Do what you can. Recognize what you can't. And then, you know, attend to 
you know, your next door neighbor who's got a big bill at Rena Center. Yeah. Because they're, they, they, you know, one of the things is, is I think a lot of times if, if we, if we find ourselves in that news cycle and we're just fretting all the time about these big global issues, sometimes we fail to, uh, address the, 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 the stuff that's right at hand that, you know, and, and if you want to just take the, the kind of the rise of, of this kind of nationalism and this kind of angry Trumpy kind of stuff going on right now, a lot of people would say that's because there are a lot of individuals out there whose individual pain never got addressed by anybody. Yeah. That nobody, nobody got in there and not, nobody stuck up for them. Nobody cared about really good them. Point. Nobody, yeah. ex, nobody expressed their stuff. In that letter I sent out to all the people that listened to the podcast last week, you know, I was like, there was this study in which just the act of say, you know, you, you, you ask somebody, Hey, can I borrow your cell phone? And they found that if people said, Hey, I'm really sorry about the weather. It's really bad today, but can I borrow your cell phone? That They got like four times as many positive responses. Yeah. I found that amazing. And you just go like, people just need to know somebody sees them. Somebody cares. Somebody registers their pain. Mm-hmm. And that's something we can do for people. Even if we can't fix it, we can acknowledge it. We can validate it. And we can let them know that it touches us. Beautiful. And I can do that for somebody here. And you know what? Like, honestly, I'm better off acknowledging some of the pain that's around me here and trying to take it on and really, uh, and really let people feel my love than I am, you know, fretting over a bunch of torture victims in North Korea that I got no access to. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think there needs to be some perspective because I think that that's what prayer did is that it created some sense of a perspective that enabled people to like, live in their daily lives. And I think that we need to, you know, we, we need to, we need to have sort of a shortcut way of recentering ourselves and saying, let me attend to the, 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 the justice issues and the need issues and the love issues and the relationship issues that I can attend to. And let me let go of things for which I am not responsible. All right. So that's it. Thank you, Bart. That was our episode. Yes. All right, man. (laughs) Thanks so much, Bart. And thanks for everybody. We'll see you soon. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me Q line at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life